I'm glad you brought that up too because it is to the detriment of our people. I do feel that there's agenda to keep us from being unified and dignified. And everything we do, if we seek to treat things like that's our first day, like we try to make that first impression uh, on these people, like I'm it. There is no after me. This is what you need to push your company. If we can apply that to every category of our lives, we will be touching up and not catching up. So, um, start off the, the episode as I start all of them off. Um, first of all, introducing my guest. So this is my friend, my brother, uh, both fraternal as well as, uh, just a, a cool ass dude that I met before I even, even pledged. And, uh, his name is, is Kwame Carroll been a huge influence in my life um and from dude from dc so one of the first people i i uh got close to who's from dc outside of, you know visiting my family during the summers and stuff but really gave me a, a perspective on a different culture being that I'm, I'm from the south and uh kwam go ahead man introduce yourself to the people real quickly what's up world my name is kwame carol bay from washington dc born and raised currently living in san diego Shouts out to the United States Navy for getting me out there. Praise be to Allah for lifting me out of negative environment, uh, changing habits, helping me to grow into a more respectable man. Shouts out to Dipset Dan for having me. One of my best friends, always been real, always been loyal, always have had a bug in my ear throughout life, through my irresponsible times, through the times I was wild, through everything. Just always been real, never gave up on me. So salute to you. Yeah, man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for, for being willing to come on to the Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey podcast. Uh, all about letting people speak their own narrative, speak their own truth. And um, as is in the title, we, ha we always have a good drink on the podcast. So uh, I'm going to introduce my drink for this week. It's uh, Kentucky Owl, Kentucky uh, Bourbon Whiskey. And it's an amazing, amazing whiskey. A little bit too pricey for me usually, but I, I went ahead and spurged because I wanted to try something new for the podcast, try something a little more sophisticated. And this is the first time I had it on the podcast, but I did open up the bottle a couple weeks ago just because I don't believe in waiting to try things I really want in life. I want to yeah. go ahead and dive in. And so I opened it up and it's, it's pretty smooth. I don't think it's really oh. <laughs> but I'm also I'm also a frugal cat. You dropped a pretty penny for that. Yeah, man, I did. They're uh, they're good though. What about you, man? What are you sipping on? Riesling, simple and play. Yeah. Wine and whiskey, whiskey and wine. That's how we going today. Yeah, no do say for today. I'm gonna keep it simple with the wine. I'm feeling the Jersey, brother, the Dodgers joint. Yeah, I had to break out the Jackie Robinson, man. That's a trailblazer. You never, you know, always know I've been the type to just be myself. Not afraid to be laughed at. Not afraid to blaze a new trail. That's who he was. So when I pick my clothes, I try to make it something that matches who I am intrinsically. 
I do feel like I got some of his qualities. Definitely a lot more of a brave soul than I am, but I'm getting there. So I had to rep for Jackie, man. Salute to Jackie. A piece of impressive information, as I am well known for. Uh, did you know that he was actually um, beginning the process of becoming a bro? Wow. But he ended up going pro um, before. But yeah. Well, what school? That I cannot remember. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I'll we gotta look that, that uh, up, man. Oh yeah. man, that would have been great. Big brother Lupe Fiasco, I will get that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Big brother Hotel, man. We old school now, baby. This crazy. We are. Please never we call are. me Big Brother again. <laughs> yeah, man. No, that was, uh, that's a long time ago. Different, different life. Yeah, man. <laughs> You have, you know, you just shouted out the Navy. Talk to me about your your growth process and talk to me about like where, it, let, let's start, let's start at uh, getting into you, at, into college. So you didn't start at UNCG. So just give us some background. Um, uh, I'll go back just a little before that, if that's cool. Go for it. So yeah, start, start where you want. Yeah. Narrative. So for a lot of people that don't know, which I'm grateful for this opportunity or platform to tell my own story. Uh, before I was wild, I was actually a bookworm, a very shy bookworm. My mom put it, she kind of put it into my spirit before she died. Like, you're going to college. You're not going to stay in DC. You're going to see something different. I'm not about to make it seem like I come from like the trenches, but I come from Southeast DC and it was real then. And it gets really depending on what side of the town you're from. So long story short, my head was in the books. My grandma kept me out of trouble. Um, I was salutatorian for my elementary school. I was valedictorian for my junior high school, South South Behind Junior High. Um, when I went to high school, South South the School Without Walls at the time, and I think it was 0102, my 10th grade year, rated number 48 in the country for academic public high schools. It was rough, to say the least. Um, as hard as I fought, I didn't crack 3-0 until first semester of 12th grade. And I actually had a 3-5 for the entire 12th grade. Um, so by the end of 11th grade, I was just worn out. And I was thinking, I'm going to try the Navy. But I couldn't turn down college because I wanted that experience, so I went. And so fast forward to my decision to go, went through quite a few jobs while I was in DC after I left school, just trying to find myself. Like I know my passion is massage therapy, uh, which I'm still working to finish my license. Um, some of the jobs I liked, but most of them, I wasn't sure it was for me. So there was a time when I was just doing it for money. Um, what's up, Mike? I definitely had the pleasure of having some great jobs, but I didn't appreciate them. So in my opinion, God says, since you want to be average and you want to hang around average people, I'm going to give you average people jobs. So I went from making, shoot, at 21, 22 years old, 34K, and I have absolutely no bills to I'm working mad hours and trying to put myself through massage therapy school. I'm making like $9 an hour. I'm getting like $600 every two weeks. And it costs bread to get out there. Um, but I'm busting my tail. 
I'm showing initiative. I'm applying myself. I'm doing all the right things. I'm showing up on time and it's still not getting me anywhere. And I just got to the point where I was like, I do want to get my massage license. I want my own spas. Uh, I do want to do personal styling. I'm working to build a platform for that. Um, also aspire to like, open up rec centers and more things for the youth to do in the hoods. A lot of them ain't got nothing to do. Like they tore down our, our rec centers or they closed them. So by the seventh grade, most of my friends were selling drugs. If they had something to do, what do people think realistically they would be doing? Um, I needed a career that was going to fund my business, but it had to be something that I would enjoy that would not seem like a job. And so fortunately I was able to switch into logistics because by the time I finished my physical and was able to choose a job, there were two jobs left. This is in the Navy? Yes. This was on a day that I did my physical. I was there for like 10 hours. Actually, I was there for like 14 hours. They had quartermaster and they had machinist mate on a submarine. Daryl, <laughs> no, no, yeah. it's not going down like that. Imagine being in that situation. You ain't had much of anything to eat all day. This physical alone took like six or seven hours. You got to wait. It's a lot of people. And I was actually last in line. So I asked the guy, which would you choose? He said, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to be on a submarine. And your job would basically be like a trash man. And I'm like, I don't want to be a trash man. So he said, the quartermaster. Basically reading maps and helping uh, the person who's steering the ship. Um, with like, navigating through weather. So he keyed quartermaster. Unfortunately, after he keyed it, he said, I'm sorry, but you were machinist mate because that job was taken. So I fought my way for a month to get logistics. I got it. Um, as far as the journey, I can say it's made me stronger. It's made me fight for my respect, take no stuff from anybody. Like it helped me to realize Life is a continuous fight for the things we believe in, how we want to be remembered, the legacy, but more so the respect part. We have to fight every day, man. This guy fought every day. Our ancestors fought every day. King, Malcolm X, they fought every day. And it was like ingrained in me because I grew weary of always fighting for respect. I don't know if it's because I'm a short, small person with a big personality. Uh, people That's naturally true. intimidate intimidated by me my confidence comes from within because i understand we are in this world but we are not of this world message so it worked it uh helped me to like enhance like timeliness it helped me to enhance attention to detail uh, the ability to rise to the occasion at the snap of a finger like once the orders are given out that's it when I was in uh, boot camp alone, I think I lived in like three or four different buildings. At one point we slept in the drill hall for three weeks. I beat COVID. When we slept in the drill hall, we moved racks like eight times. Like it trains you like when it's time to go, it's time to go. You don't have time to think about how you feel about it. You got to react, you can't think. And that was, I would say one of my biggest problems when I was young was, or even before I went out there, I thought so much and was so analytical about things. Is this going to work? Um, we can't do that. If something goes down on that boat, we got to react. 
if somebody dies overboard, we got to react. Like, I think that's the biggest blessing of it all, just rising to the occasion and having no fear. Because what I will say is I never feared man, I always feared myself. You know, what, what happens if I really apply myself and things fall short? Or what happens if I really get mad and people see that other side? I'm not mad anymore. Um, I'm not going to run from who I really am. I'm not going to shield my personality because it intimidates other people. Like, people are going to have to adjust to me now so that I can really bring my full gifts into this universe, man. So it's been a blessing. People keep telling me they're proud of me. They can see the change. They can see I'm more happy. They can see I'm more manly or masculine. Um, I'm only living to please God. That's it. Not man. I don't care what people think. I want to be somebody that's respected. Every day when I wake up, I think if I die tomorrow, then what? When the pastor says... All right, y'all got two minutes to give your words on, on Kwame. That's what I think. What are they going to say? I don't want to be remembered by just, oh, he dressed nice. Oh, he was cool. He used to get the ladies or any of that wild stuff. I want to be remembered for impact. This teaches you every day how to make an impact. Because if you don't, they will get in your ass really bad, girl. But if you do right, they will do anything for you. It just we have to demand the respect. That's it. It seems like, and you and I have talked since you joined the Navy uh, a few times. Nowhere near as much as we usually do or used to, just because your your schedule is much tighter. But I really see that that difference, that discipline. Um, those things that you would always tell me, the I need to grow in this area. Yeah, I need to work on this. Yeah. and and even the you've always been an intellectual and articulate person, but the confidence to say, yo, this is who I am, and define yourself, and not let others others do that for you. So, how has how have people received that? Like you know, people who knew you before. <laughs> I know you just well, got to see a lot of a lot of our friends from college recently, and I'm sure people were like, yo, this guy is a whole new guy so tell me tell me about how that's been well and you're back home right now yes i'm in my second home in richmond virginia south south of virginia first i just want to thank you for just accepting the growth um we've had a pretty interesting friendship we have not always got along but we always fought our way through and that's what real brotherly love is supposed to be i feel like you probably saw these things or these values in me but i was on the quest to find myself man um, and it's like all of this stuff in this whole journey just helped me to understand like as my uncle said shouts out to my uncle Daryl Muhammad L the accumulation of materialistic things is not the way it's the accumulation of a spiritual mind when the money goes the materials go where's the confidence going to go where's the dignity and the self esteem going to go so I think that's a part of the huge difference people see a difference in my confidence level People see a comfort in me to be myself no matter who I'm around. Um, I don't back down from people. I don't waste words or energy. It has rubbed some people the wrong way because I got big on accountability. Because if I'm going to respect me and I'm going to be around you, then I have to respect you too. So 
I like holding people accountable because I want to see them be the best version of themselves. Like, I believe in the black pride. That's one of the, you know, we both, African-American studies majors, you learning about these people, like the pride and the dignity to which they carry themselves and how much it's changed over time. Like, just because we're not fighting, uh, we may not have the same need for the volume or the fight that we used to have when we used to get hosed or the dogs sicked on us or we were hung on trees or burnt up. But we still got a mission and it's one thing for us to demand respect from non-colored people, but we got to demand it from ourselves and we got to show it. We got to carry ourselves with it. It has not rubbed some people in a good way because I'm not little Kwame anymore. I'm not little brother anymore. I'm not seeking approval or validation. Probably the reason I did that is because I grew up with low self-esteem because my dad was not around. There's plenty of people out there that have experienced that and they went one way or the other, but when your parent calls and says, Friday, I'm coming to pick you up, be ready. And you run home from school and be ready for six or seven years straight and they never show up or call, it's going to make you, it could make somebody wonder like, what am I missing? What did I do? I heal from that. So I can understand now it's like, it's not always me. Yeah, Once I let like, go of that, it was like, man, I'm just as good as the next person. I'm just as bad as the next person. I don't care how tall or big you are, how smart you are. I'm not going to reduce myself. Like what Lupe Fiasco say, Bishop G, they told me I should come down cousin, but I flatly refused. I ain't dumb down nothing. I'm done dumbing myself down to fit in. We creating a lane for people to be themselves. So people can get with it or they could just follow somebody else. But we creating the, the, the lane for people to stop being followers and to be leaders. So yeah, for a lot of people, they ain't. <laughs> uh -uh. What I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is just a lot of, not even just discipline, um, not growth, but healing. Yeah. Like more, hey, let me, let me go back. And Frederick Douglass said it, right? It's easier to build strong boys, I'm, I'm gonna misquote it, but it's easier to build strong boys than to heal hurt men. Yep, to heal or rebuild um, uh, hurt men. And I was a hurt yeah. man, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, But I mean, you know, a lot of people will get to a certain age and say, you know what, I'm not gonna continue to work on myself. I'm not going to continue to, to push. What was your motivating factor? Cause you're not, you, you know, you're not, you're not the 18 year old who leaves high school and goes straight to the Navy. So you were more seasoned, more seasoned and more senior than most. Yeah. What was that motivating factor for you to say, I've got to do this? Man, I was 33 years old um, at the time when I signed my contract with zero bread, <laughs> zero savings, um, nothing in my name. Uh, I was renting a room staying with my god brother. Long story short, I got evicted for reasons I'm not gonna name because me and him worked that through. But I just started looking at my life like, man, after I pledged, I got so comfortable. I had a government job, I was doing my thing, but I stopped being hungry. Like, I didn't grow up being comfortable or complacent. I was always looking for the next challenge. Like, 
getting an A was not enough unless I got A's on everything. And it wasn't just an A, there. I wanted to get a hundred on everything. When I was in high school, I remember I got a 93 on one of my world history tests. Uh, Shouts out to uh, Miss Tyson. And I was like, Miss Tyson, where's the rest of my points? She was like, Kwame, 93 is the highest you can get. Relax. Like, I lost that. And I'm just like, this ain't me, man. Like, you seen the movie Dope. The way the main character carried himself, like he was for excellence. And I was, it's time, it was time for me to change. I saw the way uh, that the Navy changed my cousins. Um, and my best, one of my best friends, Jaco, and how it refined him. I remember Jaco. Yeah, so I was out to Jaco because he helped recruit me. And I was like, I got to get back to that, but how? Cause this ain't gonna work. This is not impact. This is not making my grandma proud. This is definitely not making God proud. I'm too good to be sitting in my feelings and just waiting for opportunities. So I just went out and grabbed. That's powerful. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned the uh, the film Dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you are a very um, in tune cat with the culture. You, know, you talked about Lupe already. Like, what what are the what are your cultural influences? Like what what music? What uh what hey, authors? I like the direction this is going in. Yeah, what, what talk, talk about the music, the the movies, the books, like what really inspires you to kind of develop your culture or, or your own your own sense of creativity? Um I start with the movies, and I'm glad you you brought that up because I feel like sometimes it takes for us to get older to realize how much pop culture and entertainment has on our our habits and our activities um i would say that especially for now like the more that i move in my higher self i stick to malcolm x do the right thing the matrix the great debaters um rosewood yeah that's that's inspirational and and the great debaters because that when i was mentioning about how there was a time we used to get hung up on trees and burn mm-hmm. to a crisp. That's where the term barbecue and cookout comes from. Um, those things help me to keep going and to stay focused. Like this mission is bigger than me. And again, it's about impact. When it comes to music, rock. you already know. Of course, of course. He ain't, he ain't with him no more, but and that's he another started. story, but shouts out to Jay-Z. That's my favorite artist. I consider him to be a motivational speaker. He speaks from a place of hunger and wisdom. Um, like I said, I, I wouldn't say I had it as hard or harder than him, but he raps about an environment that I grew up around because I didn't sell drugs, but I grew up around the trappers. And I seen a lot of things that I could not speak on on film. But one of the reasons why I hung with them is because they were hungry to change their situation. Most of them did not want to be stuck selling drugs. This was just their way to stack and then miraculously try to find a way out the game. But he speaks on wisdom. Just I'd rather die enormous than live dormant. Treat my first like my last, and my last like my first, and my this verse like the first song I sang. Like that's hunger, that's business. And everything we do, if we seek to treat things like that's our first day, like we try to make that first impression uh, on these people, like I'm it. 
there's no after me. This is what you need to push your company. If we can apply that to every category of our lives, we would be touching up and not catching up. So I like him. J. Cole is cool. Lupe Fiasco is my guy. Kanye West, another a poetic guy that just speaks about uh, wisdom and the things he's learned. Uh, who else would I say for rappers? Oh, I grew up on Bone Thugs and Harmony, man. Again, rapping about just that the surroundings, you know, thing they did to try to get out. These dudes, if they not inspirational, I don't know what it is, man. Because these dudes were selling drugs, but they wanted to rap. They had to connect with Easy E, but they couldn't reach him. So what did they do? They cashed out their account and hopped on the Greyhound from Cleveland to, I think, LA and went and looked for him. Freestyle with him on the spot, he moved him out there. Uh, as far as, oh, I got to shout out DMX too, man. Cause that dude, once I went back to his albums, he's a lot greater than what I thought he was. And as much as I can say that Jay-Z is my favorite, I would lyrically say that DMX is arguably better than him. Just not as commercial. Yeah, I think that um, when you're talking about Jay-Z and when, when anybody is, Jay-Z will never to me be the greatest lyricist. Um, Jay-Z is the greatest rap business business mind. Yes. Um, closely coupled or closely seconded by Diddy. Um, but when you're talking about rap business, you gotta and you know, you gotta say Jay-Z, Dr. Dre, and Diddy in the same yeah. the same breath, just about. But when you're talking about lyrically, yeah, definitely X. Um I tell people all the time, if Jay-Z does not if she if, if there's a freestyle battle going on and Jay-Z cannot say anything about dollars that he's earned. If he can't talk about if he can't brag on dollars or the fact that he's got Beyonce. There are a couple of people he'll lose to, DMX being one of them. Yes. Um, I think Fab's got crazier punchlines. I'm sorry. Eminem. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, exactly. Eminem. Who, Jay-Z, he's a great lyricist. And the, what really sets him apart, I think, is the uh, the fact that he comes off the top of the dome all the time. Like, that's that's magnificent. Yes. But, but I mean, he's, he's not the greatest lyricist. He's just, as far as well-roundedness and, and commercial, as well as business and speaking to black unity, black power, black excellence, I think that he definitely holds the crown when you're talking about a holistic rap icon. Yes, I believe he is the best rap artist yeah. ever. Yes. I believe yeah. the best lyricist that I've heard, Biggie Smalls. Although mm. his career was short, he is the best lyricist that I've ever heard in my life. Him, definitely Eminem. Shouts out to Rock Him Allah. Um, you got to throw three thousand in there, and there's a lot course. of other guys. You got to throw Tupac in there, even though it may not have came off the same as others. But Tupac and DMX, in my opinion, are in the same category because they kick that stuff that's, that people can feel. No matter where you're from or no matter what you're going through, you can feel them. I'm trying to, uh, I just saw that in Norfolk, uh, D, not D, the Dipset, uh, yeah, the Locks and Dipset oh, have yeah. a show coming up. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I can get get away and, you know, get get a few hours just to go catch them. Because I've seen uh, Dips before, never seen the Locks. I'm a big Jada fan. Oh, yeah. So, One of the, probably the most underrated rapper ever. Yeah. Also makes music that people can feel just not as commercial. Um, yeah. And that's the cool thing, like not being commercial, but having like dope lyrics. 
I love it, but I wish that those people were getting like their their flowers. Like, I wish that they got more. Uh, and I mean, they're they're making good music, but it's like, yo, pay these people for good music. Like, we pay for trash music all the time. There are trash artists who are making buku money just because they're you know they're speaking what the industry wants them to speak the, the, to the detriment of our people. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up too because it is to the detriment of our people. Um, I do feel that there's agenda to keep us from being unified and dignified. But also, they putting out music that they feel these young folks want to listen to. And again, I'm in the Navy and the average age on my boat is 18 to 22. And when I talk about the guys that you mentioned, they don't want to hear that. They want to hear Kodak. Kodak's cool. Um, they want to hear Roddy Rich. They want to hear The Baby, which I don't really like as much. He's cool, but it's like, I want to hear a story. Right. He got, they, these dudes got deliveries. They got hella beats, stuff that make you want to dance and party, stuff that's cool to wake up to just to, to lift your vibrations for work and for after work. But I want some code. Yep. I want some something that's going to make me feel empowered, man. So it kind of makes it hard to listen to that stuff. And I don't want to do drugs. I don't I don't want no side piece. Um, I don't want to be having a whole lot of unprotected sex with women and not get tested. Like the stuff that I hear in this music, I'd be like, yo, like these kids are young and impressionable and sure it's up to the parents to police it, but who do you think is coming to the shows? Um, but I also wanted to mention like, I'm very influenced also by old school R&B. Like, since I'm not in that wild phase, like I'm naturally a lover or a one woman man. So I love Luther Vandross. I love I love Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, the Isley Brothers, um, Blue Magic, the Stylistics, Drew Hill. Like, I like the guys that sing about love and courting a woman and uh, fighting through the rough patches, communicating and things like that. Um, and those are things that I listen to before I go to sleep. I listen to rap to wake up, but I listen to R&B when it's time to go to sleep and mellow out, man. Like, we gotta bring that culture back. There's nothing wrong. I'm not gonna say there's anything wrong with the casual lifestyle. I just pray that people protect themselves. None of us are perfect, and I'm gonna leave it at that. But just do the best to protect ourselves and understand that it's deeper than just an orgasm. Like we exchange an energy with people. And if people have not healed from their past traumas, then you they exchanging that on us too. That's the stuff that that's, we ain't learned growing up. That's why I'm glad that I was the angel that I was. <laughs> you, uh, saw me growing up. Ew. Ew. <laughs> yes, you were an angel. Yes, you were. But yeah, that, that old school R&B, man, that hand dancing music, um, I listen to it every day. It sucks that I can't think of the artist, but there's this song called Jimmy Mack. It's a hell of a hand dancing song. Um, I love The Temptations. I love uh, The Supremes. Um, it's powerful. Stuff that make you want to love on a woman. And 
bring a life into this world and, and train them up right versus just slinging it around. Because they teach women that the yoni is gold, but they do not teach us that what we have is gold too. And as uh, Ron Williams said, it's not what you can get, it's what you can turn down. Quality. Mm. Mm. That's something I learned from Fall Away. Shouts out to Fall Away. But Fall Away, great, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Oh. The J.A. Double Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah man. man. Look, I really, um, I just wanted you on here real quick today because I, I wanted to be able to get that wisdom that you have. Um, I wanted to to capture it in this moment and in this space because you've been influential and impactful to me. Influential on and impactful too, yeah. Um, you, you know, you, I feel like the only time we really bumped heads was during uh 2011 like that's like a lot of times we were always on the same now i understand why yeah yeah because i was thinking business from one perspective and you were thinking business on another perspective and once i got older i was like oh yeah so i probably we see things differently we see things differently at this point but i mean you know you always have been a great friend um always will be a great friend i'm excited to to see you continue to go on this journey um and i'm ready for for us to get to have a night on the west coast of just oh yes oh yes you got to come out to san diego it's love they got great seafood and food from all backgrounds great beaches and of course my lakers out there about two hours away from san diego it's just a vibe man the vibe matches my vibe people laid back mind their business yeah. I figured you would like it out there, man. The West Coast is just, it's love. Yeah. Is it all right yeah, if I man. give just some final words? Oh, please do, man. I was going to, I was going to go ahead and open the floor to you. But before you do, how can people uh, get in touch with you, follow you? Uh, what are your handles on social media? All right. Y'all can follow me on Instagram at the Hotep Show. T-H-E-H-O-T-E-P Show. Um, you can follow me on Facebook if you want to at Kwame Carol Bay. Snapchat, Worldwide Hotel. Um, you can also find me when COVID clears some at Hotel Hands underscore massage because I am a massage therapist. Um, at Style by Hotel, look out for that because I'm working on personal styling, massage therapy, motivational speaking. Um, yeah. Cool. All of this will be in the uh, episode notes so y'all can go ahead and click through and click on all of those links to follow Kwame. Um, Kwam, last last words, drop them. All right. Um, first off, for look out for on the Hotel Show handle for Instagram. That's the actual name of my podcast, which I've been working on. Definitely have a lot more creative energy to put into it, but just put my thoughts into the atmosphere. But I wanted to speak specifically on um, the higher self, um, self esteem, the esteem of ourselves and personal happiness because i skipped this part as far as like my journey um the most major obstacle that i had to climb over to get to uh just out of my own way was depression and suicidal thoughts it's no joke mental health is no joke there's nothing wrong with seeing a specialist do not think you're crazy you will actually be crazy if we continue to drive ourselves crazy fighting the past. Like, we're not even there anymore. Like, we're in the present. Like, if you need, if someone needs, feels like they need to seek help, 
go go get help or you can dm me and i'll talk you through it i swear i will like depression and suicidal thoughts is real like i said i went through it for 10 years after i lost my grandfather because i i failed to realize how important he was to me how he protected me but also how he always had the right words for me to get me to stay focused because i always had anxiety about everything until i realized Number one, my grandma's still here and she did just as much as him. But number two, if you take away every ally that we have in human form, we still got him. So everything that I thought that I didn't have that I was looking for, I have in him, in God. And once we all realize that, that he's, going, he's going to remove some people, some people are going to die. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. People... Nobody's going to live forever. But if we stay in tune with him, if we talk to him through good and bad. And if we stay prayed up and just try to live a good life and do right, that's it. There is no perfection. There's no point of trying to be perfect. We're going to mess up. But if we just try to do right by people and utilize our time here, everything will be okay. But when the storms come, we cannot cave in. We cannot be complacent we cannot lay down and wait for it to go away we got to keep going by any means necessary and that's what i wanted to put out there that is the most major obstacle i face that is the greatest weapon that i have is faith he changed my entire situation like this. And all I had to do was submit and stop trying to do it my way and do it his way. Listen, if you out there listening to, never ignore your gut feeling. It is 100% right. I believe it's comprised of God and the voices of our ancestors. And if you notice, every time we ignore it, things fall apart. So listen to your energy. Man, that's a good, that, that's a mic drop moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I appreciate you, man. I uh, I love you. Love you too, Ah. Proud of you, and um, you know, when, while while you're overseas, stay safe, man. Keep your head up. Uh, what, what what Nipsey say? It used to be stay safe. Now it's stay dangerous. So make sure you know you keep your keep your head up and, and keep yourself prepared. I will. I'm looking forward to the journey. I, as always, I look forward to um, witnessing yours, man. You've always been a huge inspiration for me. I have modeled a lot of things behind you, even though I never told you, especially witnessing the way you date and how it worked out for you. Daryl, you helped me to slow down so much, man. And to look for more in a woman and to look to give more of myself. Um, the way how business savvy you are, how savvy you are with networking, uh, being consistent, um, exercising, eating healthy. Like you are very well-balanced man that I think any man can look at as a role model. So thank you. Thanks, man. Thank I, um, you. I'm trying. I definitely have the uh, the moments of weakness that, that no one sees, but it's good to, to know that I'm putting out some positive energy for people to, to at least uh, take in and consider. Yeah, and when I get back, uh, get your ankle braces ready because we got to get on that basketball court. Man, I don't need You know what time it is. Man, look, I, I will I will cross you up in front of Allen Iverson. That's cool. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that, but so I got I him on my arm. 
So bring it. <laughs> I crossed brother front of the attack. <laughs> oh man. Hey, love you, bro. Um about to go in here and check on Avery. Um, but yeah. Until next time. All right, hope man. Until next time. And always know Big Dan is always proud of you, man. Thanks, bro. All right, Thanks. man. 06. 06, brother. And now for this episode's Adventures with Avery. So I'm speaking from a, a place of very fresh trauma. Um, it is currently 8.33 a.m. on Sunday, June 13th. Unlucky 13, I guess. Um, and this morning, I wake up and I take five minutes trying to slide out of the bed at 8 a.m. So as not to wake Avery because after his you know six o'clock bottle he gets into bed with us or i put him into bed with us he's not hopping into beds by himself yet but yeah place him into bed with us we're chilling we take a nap for a couple hours until it's time for his next bottle but you know he sleeps i'm letting him sleep because i enjoy the peace and the quiet and i wanted to go downstairs and make myself a cup of coffee um but I take five minutes to get out of bed. It's 8.02. I look at my watch, right? And then he sneezes, wakes himself up. I could have just picked him up myself. I knew he needed a diaper change. I knew he needed a diaper change. And so I said, all right, let me pick him up. Uh, take him into the changing station before I make my coffee. We'll get him squared away. I'll start heating up his bottle. And by the time his bottle is ready, my coffee will be ready. We'll start the day off the right way. And he'll have a fresh diaper on. Beautiful. No stinky baby. And a baby who is also, you know, fully nourished. Great plan. (laughs) Plans don't work with babies. That's what I'll say. The only plan is not to plan because the plan is going to go to hell. You can plan. I mean, you know, of course, prepare yourself as best as you can. But just know that it's probably not going to work out the way you envisioned it in your head. So, anyway, I get him into the changing station. Everything's going well. I'm, you know, preparing his diaper so that I can just put it on right away. Um, You know, I usually, thanks to a wonderful, wonderful tip, I will place a wet wipe on top of his penis so that he doesn't decide to just pee out of the blue and shoot himself in the face as he's done quite a few times or worse shoot me with his his urine that's not fun either so i am pulling the wet wipe out have it in my hand right when i put it over his penis he starts to pee oh wow only a little bit got on me that's fine None of it hit any of his clothes, none of it hit his face, none of it hit the changing table. Great. Except for the fact that while he was doing that, he also was defecating on the little changing station. Now, my wife got a very beautiful um, floral designed pattern, green and white. Uh, Now it's green, yellow and white. Uh, Mustard yellow, to be exact. I know I already did. uh, adventures with Avery about the fact that he decided to projectile sh- across the room um, but this this time it was just so early um, I I just wasn't prepared for this at all mentally 
it's, it was it's just a lot and I'm traumatized and I had to share it right here because fatherhood's so hard the narratives over wine and whiskey podcast is a subsidiary of Daniel's development and branding LLC here for all of your fundraising strategy and creative storytelling needs connect with us online at dollarsandstories.com